So, you've come. I just hope you've come prepared. Looking for adventure, are you? Well, you've certainly come to the right place. <laughs> Welcome to We Watch Bad Films, the podcast where we watch bad films, apparently, so you don't have to. Though quite a few people might have seen our film today. Um, that's because I'm pulling the shots. With me is Jay. Hello. Hello, Jay. And we're joined by our special guest, Nick, who we're grateful to have back after a too long a hiatus. How are you doing, Nick? Well, I mean, I would say it's always a delight to guest on this podcast, but I think that's giving you guys too much credit because as the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. So. I'm grateful to be speaking to the two of you, but I did have to watch a shit film to do so. Well, yes, exactly. I made you do some homework, some very, very nice homework. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about an, uh, another film I watched in the same week, I think was nearly as bad. And uh, I suspect you've both seen it. And it's the, and I haven't obviously warmed you guys up to this, so I'll make for top bands. The Suicide Squad from a few years ago. Oh, which, hang on, which one? Are we talking Jared Leto's Suicide Squid Squad or James Gunn's Suicide Squad? <laughs> We're talking about Jared Leto's Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen um, it. It's, uh, it, it, I've seen it, and it's one of those films that I know that I've seen because I remember seeing the images on a cinema screen and I remember paying money for it, but that is all I remember. <laughs> it was that good. I think I watched it five nights ago, and I feel exactly the same. Um, wow. What an absolute catastrophic waste of time. Um, <laughs> for both of us, I distinctly remember it being about 10 minutes in, and I'm sure I'd heard about 15 catchy pop hits already. Yeah. And just like one after the other, non-diegetic, you know, they were just playing tunes. They were playing a song by the Rolling Stones. They were playing... Um, all kinds of big hits till you get distracted by all the snazzy music when actually nothing was going on. I was just so a, a bit a bit Zack Snydery. That it's obviously the DC universe, so they obviously want to get Zack Snyder's vibe on it. But I don't think he he didn't uh, direct it, did he? But I mean, they they now have a formula for that kind of stuff in in DC universe, and it's just loads of pop culture references. Loads of dark scenery and then loads of boring action. Normally there's some rain involved as well at some point to really hit home that this is supposed to be gloomy. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. says gloomy like rain. Um, <laughs> I've I've somehow I've somehow managed to avoid um this version of, of Suicide Squad. I did watch the James Gunn one from a year or so ago because I do quite like James Gunn's work. It's very much what it is. But the, the DC universe, just as a whole, just seems to be such an absolute clusterfuck of, of film <laughs> ideas. Like, I, I think the problem is, so I never saw, what was it, Dawn of the Dead? Was that the first kind of big Zack Snyder film? Um, yeah, you may be right. I, I, 300 for me was the big one that I first saw. So you watch those films, and I remember when um, when Watchmen came out, which is obviously another comic book film, but it's its yeah. own kind of thing. 
But I remember watching that and thinking, oh, you know, it's it's interesting because you know he's trying to make it look like a comic book, and that's you know quite impressive. And yeah, you know, it didn't look like comic book films that we were used to. So I admired what he tried to do. But then they almost kind of gave him free reign to make all of these superhero films. And whether he directed them or not, he was producing them. So they had to follow this formula. And then they all looked, but the impact was lost because then they all looked very similar to each other. But all they were were like really miserable, dark films. It's funny because I think the problem with the DC films is there's not enough joy in them. And the problem I have with Marvel films is they're too snarky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The spectrum. I, I get it. I mean, I am, you know, I'm confessed and, you know, I've gone to the cinema with, with Gary a few times and he, he knows that I quite like a, a superhero film, and especially ones from, from Marvel. I do like the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think it's telling that of all, and, and Suicide Squad is one of the only ones I've not seen, but the one I enjoy the most, uh, Shazam, and that is because that is a very joyous, fun film. Shazam is like big, the the tense film big, but if it oh, was yes. okay, that was confusing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's easy to describe. It's better than it's better than it, than it sounds. It's actually like fun. Okay, well, that will be a first for the DC universe. My uh, DC <laughs> universe for me is like um, Croydon in the nineteen eighties. It's just. <laughs> Drizzle, dreary. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I haven't seen the Suicide Squad, the new one. So I'm I'm intrigued to watch that. Um, but oh, gonna, I don't know. DC really have to twist my arm these days because I'm so put off by the Zack Snyder mm. stuff. I, and I like some of Zack Snyder's stuff. I liked Watchmen and I liked um, 300 and I like a couple of what he's, he's done. But... Gary and I watched his um, zombie one recently. Well, I say recently, uh, and it was absolutely dire, wasn't it, Gary? Army of the Dead from a year ago. Um, oh, not good at all. Not good at all. The one with the dead pixels in it. Uh, yes, like, that's the one. With dead pixels in it. I, th- I thought that was the name of an actor, but yes, you're right. <laughs> um, I think pointed out by Red Letter Media, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. The it's got Dave Bautista in it. Yeah, and they've got some spin-offs coming as well, haven't they? And um, I was just what I just finished watching Morbius actually, and there's some post-credit scenes stuff, and I'm just I'm starting to be confused about what is a spin-off of what film and which universe I'm watching and who's yeah. in which film because often the same characters play multiple. Like Jared Leto has been Morbius and the Joker. And well, I'm... let me rein you in there, Jay. Let me rein you in because you're you're giving ahead the fact that yes, we've all watched Morbius in preparation yeah. to sit around and complain about it. So just hold that thought there because I think this is as good a point as any to say yes, we are looking at 2022's Morbius. For those of you that don't know, you're going to listen to the trailer for it now. You need a doctor. I am a doctor. I should have died years ago. People all over the world have my disease. I'm here to find a cure. 
We have to push the boundaries, take the risks. If you're gonna run, do it now. Michael Morbius, you've been missing for two months. When you're a stranger, then you were found on a container ship that washed up off a Long Island. Faces look ugly when you're alone. What did you do to yourself, Doctor? I wish I knew. I went from dying to being more alive than ever. It worked. Not exactly. I have increased strength and speed and some form of bat radar. What else can I do? There are limits. There has to be. There's something inside of me. Wants to hunt and consume blood. Michael, when you're strange, and you control it, I don't know. Half the city wants to kill you. We haven't had anything this good since that thing in San Francisco. The other half wants to control you. Hey, uh, Dr. Mike, you and I should stay in touch. I'd do anything to save a life. But I don't know what I'm capable of. You save lives, you don't take them. Are you here to heal the world? Or to destroy it? I hope you enjoyed that trailer. I didn't. Um, to give you a quick synopsis, <laughs> to give you a quick synopsis of Morbius, um, um, essentially the main character has a rare blood disease, and so does another boy that he's with. The main character, scientist man, grows up to win a Nobel Peace Prize or something, and gets given it by the King of Sweden. You know, important um, point that <laughs> yes, um, he comes up with a cure, but the cure is to actually get a, a certain sample of blood that oh my goodness turns him into a vampire. He tries to fight the uh, the urges to eat people, but he struggles. However, his old mate was knocking around with, played by Matt Smith, um, says, Nah, sod it, I'm gonna have this blood and be completely healed again, and absolutely revels in being a bad guy. Um, Bats ensue, the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you can tell everyone from Gary's uh, amazing amount of enthusiasm there that he really, really enjoyed this film. <laughs> and not. You know when people are saying, oh, this film's so bad. Oh, and, and given the, the gimmick we do, a lot of people throw films at us and say, you've got to watch this. And I, you wonder if it's just going to be a bit dull and a bit sort of, or it could be just badly made. You know, we have many categories of bad films, yeah. the boring yeah. ones, the bad ones, the dull ones. 
ones that are just fun but made you know for four quid um, yeah. various categories this is made for quite a lot of money um but i don't think was written before they started filming which has been done many times before uh and ends up in a total mess that doesn't make a lick of sense if you stop for a minute and look at it well isn't there isn't it the case i could be wrong but i'm sure i read somewhere that they completed reshoots in like february of 2022 what? and the film came out in april oh my god is that true i mean it probably is true it's happened so many times recently i believe yeah. it was ready pre-covid so they must have sort of sat on it for a bit and <laughs> they sat on it and then did that to it and still released it in that state yeah it's <laughs> it's, it's quite it's quite incredible um the problem so i actually I actually went to see this opening weekend. Um, Whoa! Yeah. Now, the, <laughs> the man with City World Unlimited pass. Yes. Someone so had to, Nick. Someone had to. So let, let, let me clarify that. That's not because I, I really wanted to see that the film that badly. It is because, as Gary pointed out, I have a City World Unlimited card. So it means that I'm not, I'm not part, I'm, the only thing I'm parting with is my time. This um, is an amazing, this would be an amazing review, like a tagline at the bottom of the poster. <laughs> I saw it because I had a free ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is, I, I have um, a friend in Australia who also radio show where they review films and they'd gone to a early preview of this, like for a few days before it got officially released. And he said it wasn't too bad. So I thought, okay, well, if he doesn't think it's too bad and we normally are on the same kind of page with films, then maybe I've been a bit judgmental, like watching the trailer and maybe I should go and watch the, the thing. And I, I also recall, I mean, I recall many podcasts, but I recall the podcast where I talk about the film walking up to the cinema and then I'll review it on the way walking home. And the problem with that is sometimes you might be, um, because you just come out of it, you may not have had time to decompress and stuff. So I need to go back and listen to my review I did a few months ago to see if I shat on it as much uh, as I thought about <laughs> it. Send us the link to that, Nick. We will definitely yeah. get to it. I'll stick it. I'll, I'll, your leg's sticking the show notes. Um, but as I said, I, I am a massive superhero film fan. But what you said there, Jay, about getting kind of confused with what is with what, and because the problem is that Marvel isn't Marvel when it comes to films. Because there's Disney Marvel. There's also this Sony version of Marvel, which is yeah. basically anything to do with Spider-Man. Yeah. Because they also allow crossovers as well. Some of those Sony films are kind of official Marvel canon. But then other stuff like uh, Venom and, and this film aren't part of that world so how are you unless you're an absolute stupid idiot geek like me how is <laughs> the average person watching the film supposed to understand what sits with what exactly and then before mm. uh, when the recent disney buyout of fox um you had the fox marvel which was the x-men mm. and that was yeah, also in its own uh, universe and fantastic um, was part of that as well so, yes yeah, yeah. Absolute mess. So, uh, uh, 
Jay, you've known me a long time. Um, when I was a teenager, I never really got into drinking. You know, I'd, I'd occasionally try it, but it wasn't really my thing. I'd occasionally uh, have a, a social drink, but beer never did it for me. Spirits, nah, no thanks. And, you know, and then as I grew up, sometimes I might have a, a cheeky gin, but I'm talking about once a month. The occasional glass of cider on a warm summer afternoon but i'm pretty sure nobody would very few people would regard me as a drinker 20 minutes into morbius i opened a bottle of red wine why <laughs> <laughs> took you that long just couldn't find a corkscrew not being a drinker i don't have one to hand um i was gnawing at it with my teeth my vampiric like teeth <laughs> Look, 20, nobody, 20 minutes in, I was I was on my phone, like Googling, <laughs> what's the weather like? Um, yeah, it, this film has that effect on people, I think. Everybody knows this is no good, but let's dig under the skin of it and find out why. What is bad about it? You've just watched it, so what's, so good, what's not good about it? I, I think the sort of my initial problem... And I, I'd forgotten this because I'd obviously watched it a few months ago and obviously had clearly not intended to remember what happened. It was like watching it fresh for some of it. And I forgot how the film opens up. And it opens up with this sequence of them going to... Some Jurassic cave. Park! Yeah. Well, well, no. Because Jurassic <laughs> Park's good, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jurassic Park, I actually thought Congo. <laughs> it reminds me of the other Michael Crichton film from the mid nineties that no one likes. Congo. Shitty Peter, um, Shitty Peter. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> niche, Gary. Very good. <laughs> I've always loved that line. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and of course, that film had Tim Curry in it. So I mean, this this doesn't even have Tim Curry in it. So you know, it's it's bad. Um, so yeah, it reminded me of those kind of um, mid nineties films where they were set in jungles or yeah. in exotic lands where you'd have these helicopters but it didn't yeah. really look I, I imagine they spent a lot of money filming it on location but it looked like it was filmed in front of green screen like it didn't really look right to me for some reason oh, it looked like a like a, a it looked like a PlayStation 3 game it was bad it was so yes. so not real yes to jump into the detail a minute it's funny you say where is it filmed because I watched a bit where um, Jared Leto and Matt Smith are sort of pursuing each other, and I thought that's a London Underground station. Yes, I know. Oh, and sure so enough, the whole thing is filmed in the UK. It's filmed in Manchester yeah. and London. Really confusing. A hundred percent. That was a London Underground station. I'm glad I would have got to that later on, but absolutely right to call it off because sometimes when you're watching these films and you know they're they're, they're not filmed in necessarily in the country where they say they are, or even the city. You do see stuff like that. And I'm looking at the tile, and I know it's really sad, but you look at the tiles and go, that's London Underground Station. And then you see the escalators they fall down, and you go, that's a London Underground, that's definitely a London yeah, Underground yeah. Station. There's no way. I, I, I've not been to New York, right? But I've seen enough films set in New York to know what a New York subway looks like, and that is not it. I've been to enough London Underground Stations to know that's London Underground Station. Well, um, I was walking through the London Underground about four hours ago, so <laughs> I, I knew it immediately as soon as I saw it. And I thought, I, I don't remember it being set in Westminster. Yeah, it's, I, I hate There was one, I saw, not another not very good film based on the comic book. I saw uh, Bloodshot 
a couple of years ago, just as the cinemas were closed <laughs> for the pandemic. And I can't remember, I want to say it was like, the, the sequence in the film was like set in South Africa or something, but they hadn't changed the signposts uh, <laughs> in the edit. So you could see that it clearly wasn't whatever country it was supposed to be in. But they just thought, like, I will just make it look really fast and no one will notice, but you, you can absolutely notice. Um, so yeah, I, and the thing with this as well, it starts off, they're flying in, you know, this PlayStation 3 graphically designed uh, waterfall cave system. And he he's going to see some bats, but you've got absolutely no, you don't know who this guy is, unless you've seen the trailer. Um, you've got no idea why he's there or what they're actually trying to do with these bats. And he has, yeah. they set this trap, don't they? In front of the cave, which I suppose I, su- I guess is obviously supposed to trap the bats, except it doesn't seem to trap anything. But he comes home with bats, but I don't know how. It, it's all yeah, I, watched this, I watched this very recently, like in the last twenty four hours. I don't remember this bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem, I think. Uh, also, bats—that's not how vampire bats work, is it? That you don't cut yourself and. 50,000 vampire bats swarm on you. I think it's more like there's a, uh, if there's a warm-blooded creature, they may go and uh, feast on it. But um, yeah, the the, the whole open, basically the, one of the major problems is with this film is that I don't care about Morbius and he's incredibly boring. How about that? This is the, this is the crux of it. This is the problem with the film is Morbius himself. Now, whether it's, I think it's his, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to pile on Jared Leto, but I think actually the script is to blame here um, because you have a character that I worked out later ostensibly is supposed to be a bad guy in the universe, but because he's the named guy in the film, they portray him as the protagonist and they make him the good guy against the Matt Smith bad guy. And yeah. yet they really want to commit to him being a good guy. So you end up with no MacGuffin. You end up with no progress. I had no idea at any point what they were trying to do, what anybody was trying to do. What was Matt Smith's goal? What was he trying yeah, to exactly. do? Yeah, exactly. Matt Smith was as much a good guy as a bad guy. And Matt Smith's character was exactly the same as Morbius. They 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 do the same things. They they kill the same amount of people. And but even more, Matt Smith's character has even less uh, motivation. One minute they're lifelong buddies and brothers. The next minute they're mortal enemies for no reason. It's oh, it's just so stupid. Yeah, it's it just is. such a massive, massive waste of Matt Smith, who is generally pretty good in everything, right? I'm not, not yeah, exaggerating. I, yeah, I've got one problem with Matt Smith. And, I mean, obviously, we live in a time, quite rightly, where we should not body shame. And I, I think that's that's a positive step that society has made that you you know you don't body shame people. I am going to face shame him though because his face reminds me of a slice of bloody bare ham. I can't <laughs> work out exactly what it is about Matt Smith's face. I know some people find him very attractive, but there's something about his face. They're not vegetarian. Get on with. I'm 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 so glad that all the references you're you're, you're giving us today, Nick, are amazing. I love it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to finding an image of Billy Bear Ham to put in the notes. <laughs> yes, yeah, you've got one yeah. of my absolute bankers, one of my favourite actors is Jared Harris. You know, yes, Jared is just incredible in everything. He's he's good in this. Let's be fair, 
but in all, in all three scenes, yeah, in three scenes that you know, yeah, you know, I'm very busy. I've got to do this scene, so do them all now, and he's off. Well, yeah. I hadn't really seen Jared Harris until I, mean, I must have seen him pop up and stuff, but um, I think the first time I noticed him was when he was in Mad Men. Oh, and superb. so in, good in Mad Men. Well, and the thing is, Mad Men was obviously, you know, chock full of people that you may not have been too familiar with, but were all amazing character actors. Yeah. To stand out in a show of that kind of calibre does prove how good you are. And everything I've, I've seen him since, he, as you say, he is just a fantastic actor. And he does as good a job as he can do in this film. One of the other things I got really confused about with his character, though, was the fact that we obviously see um, him looking after them um, in this kind of special hospital in Greece, of all places, like change their blood every 30 minutes or whatever it was. Um, but between them being like, I don't know, 10, 11 year old kids to being, you know, 30, 40 year old men, he hasn't aged a single day. Yeah, I spotted that. And I think that's just pure laziness in terms of they haven't got long for Jared Harris. So just get him in, get him out. Yeah, yeah they, they didn't try and de-age him in, in post-production or they didn't try and age him up a little bit in, in the edit. Like, it just feels like in, in a time where people love using special effects in, in big budget films to do stuff like that, they just couldn't even be asked. It's like, oh, he, he looks uh, about the same. It's fine. Oh, do you remember um, in uh, Prometheus where they got, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy used to be in, in Neighbours. <laughs> you know, he was in... Um, Prometheus. Yes, it guy Pierce, where where he's in a couple of scenes and he's got so much age makeup on and he's not really part of the story. And I left that film thinking, yeah. why have they got Guy Pierce in to be in two scenes and playing uh, an eighty-eight year old man? It's and it's 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 like the obverse of that. It's where they've got they've got Jared they've got Jared Harris in, and they can't be bothered to age him. When they really should have done, yeah. What my amazing favorite, Jared Harris. My favorite Jared Harris moment in it is what I think is rather nice is uh, Jared Harris waits for Morbius to turn up before he dies. <laughs> as soon as Morbius turns up, oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah, now, now I can peg it as if yeah. well, I mean, a bit like Yoda in Return of the Jedi, right? Just hanging around for Luke. Where is yeah. he? I've got dumb to do, Master Yoda. You can't die. Watchmen. <laughs> if we didn't know who the bad guy was, um... yeah, but what they've also done—they've turned Morbius into Blade because that is what Blade is. Blade is like he's a hero, but he's an anti-hero. So they've just turned yeah. Morbius into Blade, and Blade is much better, much cooler, and those films are much better. Can I say on that note, there's one scene that I noticed that I thought, oh, this is good, and it really stuck out. It was like. The light of a thousand suns at midnight. Was, was it like, the credits? And credits. <laughs> you're such a car. You're such a wheeze. You're maroon. No, there's a scene where, I mean, it's got the worst setup ever. Um, Morbius follows some counterfeiters back to their hideout. Oh, yeah! Because if you want to synthesize blood, you want counterfeiting money people, right? Anyway. Um, but he suddenly turns on a bit of science charm and he's dark and he's funny and he's interesting yes. um, where he grabs the henchman and says 
the 27 bones in the human hand and then gradually breaks them one by one. Did you know that there are 27 bones in the human hand? Allow me to introduce the phalanges. And the metacarpals. And the pretty little stinky pinky. And that's quite cool and it's interesting because it's the well, edge that the character needs and lacks all the way through. Well, I would say it's the character that the character needs because he doesn't have a character up until that point. But also, I just want to interject there. Um, did you guys understand that scene? Because I wrote down, um, I was completely confused as to what was going on there. He's sitting in a cafe talking to the female lead. Two, two young guys come in with counterfeit dollars and then he follows them to a, an underground laboratory where they're all hanging out. And then he snaps the fingers of one of them, and then he's taken over. I didn't know. I didn't understand what the hell was going on there. Can I just? I just want to state that for the record. One hundred percent. I, my interpretation of what was going on was that because he had been outed as this this person going around killing people, because shock horror, he actually was. He couldn't. <laughs> yes. Which let's not forget, like that's the thing. Like he's not on the run because he's like the fugitive where he's been framed for something he didn't do. He he's did. a murderer. Yeah. He's an actual murderer. He can't work in his lab. So he needs a lab to be able to, you know, try and find a cure or make fake blood or whatever he wants to do. Which of course, if you want fake blood, where do you go to? A joke shop. That's where you get fake blood. Everybody knows that. Why would people counterfeiting money have the same kind of equipment he needs to be able to do his lab work it doesn't make sense but that one moment is the actual only good thing only good part of the film I yes think. i agree with you gary yeah, I just, it really stood out to me um i'll tell you what else is absolute garbage is apart from everything is the effects they use for when he's morbid for want of a better word when he's jumping about as a bat and God. he gets these lines coming off him which i think makes him look like he stinks Stinky lines in New York, yes. It's like some, it's like some, it doesn't make you, it's like he's continually farting throughout sort of about a third of the film. It's like some terrible early 2000s Photoshop effect. It's awful. Yeah, it's mm, not good. I, th I think this is the other thing, this is the other thing as well, is the fact that we are, we're not sat here talking about the 1995 comic book film of Morbius we're talking about the 2022 comic book film of Morbius which had a much bigger budget than it would have done had it been made at that time and also of an age where superhero films or comic book films are you know almost guaranteed blockbuster hits so therefore you mm -hmm. do spend a lot of money on them because return of investment um, and it fills with this like you are watching a director video or uh, you know a really cheap comic book film from the 90s when you're comparing it and the same well with all these other really expensive films and the thing is if you didn't know you didn't look into how much they spent and i can't i looked it up the other day but i want to say it was like north of 150 million dollars they spent making this film and you're like how where did the <laughs> money go is this like and I think we talked about it before the show, the show started, we mentioned the producers. But, you know, it feels like it's like some kind of weird tax write-off 
thing where somebody just taken a hundred million dollars away and they've made the film for fifty million dollars and just lied about the value <laughs> of it. It's weird. Well, in the interest of clarity, I believe the budget is quoted as seventy-five million dollars, which is not a lot of money for this scale of oh, film, in, and then a growth at one hundred and sixty million. Right. Oh, so they've made loads of money then. Okay, fine. It's kind of washed his face, and I understand it also was number one in the DVD and Blu-ray charts because nobody else buys DVDs and Blu-rays other than manic obsessives. Brilliant. Lose that as well. There was a line I picked up when um, just going back to Here we go. He made he said a line about um, oh uh, Michael, there's uh, there's a school I can probably get you a scholarship for. It's a, a school for gifted children in New York. Mm-hmm. And if you know people aren't savvy to that, that is a direct reference to uh, Professor Xavier's school for gifted children. That the x-men mansion is basically um yeah so, there's a number yeah, of these dinky references yeah and the problem is again going back to what jay said if i'm watching this film i know that's an x-men reference does that mean this is part of the x-men universe is that is professor x going to turn up at some point you know what does that mean why have you thrown that in there and it feels like a really cheap line for sad suckers like me watching to go, oh, look, they made Nixman reference. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it serves absolutely no purpose at all. Well, doesn't he also say at one point, um, my name is Venom? Yes. Yes. Close what that does thing. that mean? What does it mean? Out of context, it means absolutely nothing. And I was, I, I sort of wasn't even sure, like, what, did they do that on purpose or was it an accident that he said Venom? I am Venom. So my take on it is, because have, have you guys seen Venom? No. No. Oh, oh, you absolutely should. I think the second one is about 75 minutes long. So nice. I like it already. Exactly. Good. Good. We'll work um, it on. That's all you need to do. So um, one of the famous bits of Venom uh, near the end of the film is he turns around to a, a, a bad guy that he's going to murder because again he's also a murderer um, and he says I am Venom like he, his face kind of morphs into you know half human half Venom head and then he, and then he eats him right <laughs> fun for all yeah. the family um, <laughs> so Venom is obviously part of the, the Spider-Man universe that Sony owns as is Morbius that's why they're doing all this shit and so it seemed like it was just you know, a, a reference to the fact that this is also, you know, set in the same world where people know what, who Venom is. The problem with that, though, is that Venom is set in San Francisco. Like, it's very obviously set in San Francisco. This is supposed to be set in New York. Why would some, like, part-time grifter in New York even know what Venom is? I would say that's that's not the only problem. I think the only the other problem there are, there are many problems. One of the other problems is it's a completely different character, yeah. And there's a whole franchise of those films. Why on? He might as well have said, "I'm Darth Vader." You know what I mean? It's yep. mental. Silence, Earthling. My name is Darth Vader. 
I am an extraterrestrial from the planet Vulcan. It's yes. mental and yes. confusing and badly written and stupid and is a waste of mine and everyone else's time. Speaking Why? of badly written, did anybody get any absolutely class lines written down? I had a few. I'll start you off with, I think I'm going to start at the top, which is my favourite, which is where he's describing where he keeps the bats. And he says, it's a fish tank for flying mammals. <laughs> That's fine. I remember that. Someone yeah, of course the end of his pencil, I thought for a minute, had a light bulb on his head and wrote that down and then gave it to another human being <laughs> to sell you. I think you wrote that line. It's quite clearly Jared Leto because he has got the depth of a puzzle. And <laughs> he's got an exec really... producer credit, hasn't he? Yeah. He thinks that's really deep and intelligent when actually it's just wanky bullshit. Say what you mean. Say what you mean. Uh, Jay, have you got anything? Uh, to be quite honest, Gary, I'm going to be quite honest here. Uh, I, 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 I basically tuned out <laughs> halfway through. I was just—I was actually thinking I am so annoyed that I'm having to watch this film, and um, no, I didn't write anything down because do you know what? Quite frankly, it didn't deserve it. It didn't deserve to be written down. It was it. This is one of these films, Gary. That's annoying me. It was annoying. It was one of those films that was like, this is not fun. It's not clever. It's not sort of clunky enough to be entertaining. It's got too much money and not enough anything worth watching and no i didn't write anything down <laughs> so, yeah. i don't think you liked it yeah i don't i'm not sure if, i'm not really sure how he feels about it to be honest um <laughs> there is there is one other line that and it's uh matt smith's dying line um as morbius has done whatever he's done to him and he says it but his voice cracks and goes all high pitched and if you hear it in isolation it's really funny he says <laughs> I've got one, Gary. I've got one. Um, I think it's the female lead. I've forgotten her name. Oh, uh, she she keeps um she just seen uh, Morbius change for the first time, and she keeps saying Michael, 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 and then it cuts to Morbius, and and he and quite frankly, it looks like Michael Jackson. <laughs> He <laughs> 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 looked like latter period Michael Jackson when he turned into a vampire. I thought, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it reminded me of, it's kind of reminded me of Moonwalker. <laughs> yeah, especially, yeah, especially with the line said like that. Yeah, I, I, I completely get that. We talk, you, you talked about Jared Harris, right? And we, we've appreciated what a good actor he is. Um, and Matt Smith, I don't think, I think there's, there's moments in this where he's quite good, but obviously you've seen Matt Smith in other films and he is a good actor, but in this, even he's struggling with the material. Jared Leto is just absolutely awful. And I'm, and Jay, we've talked about this. You and me are fans of, of Tron. And yeah. we were weeks away from a Tron 3 um, being put into production. And then Disney released this film called Tomorrowland, which bombed. And they like literally six weeks out from the start of production, they cancelled Tron 3. And oh. the only so for years I had this kind of resentment towards a film which I didn't think was that bad, but the fact that it had killed a, a sequel to Tron. However, that Tron sequel, and they keep bringing this up, is supposed to star um Jared Leto. 
So in mm. some ways, I actually am quite glad that it's not happening because it means Jared yeah. Leto is not going to use his stink all over it. Um, <laughs> but but Jared Leto isn't also the uh, like just the only bad actor in this film because we haven't mentioned everyone's favourite uh, rock-hating actor, uh, Tyrese Gibson. Yeah, all of those scenes with him and his buddy in were just so clunky and boring and like they were from another film. I mean, even more boring. I hated, than hated their scenes. Hated them. Yeah, yeah, they just felt like they just didn't work. They didn't match the film and they were so boring. And there was no characterization. Like, who are these guys? Am I meant to give a flying fig leaf who these people are? Um, yeah. There's, that, just, there's so many things I could rip on. The score is absolute garbage. It's like someone fed Hans Zimmer's scores to an AI machine and he just worked <laughs> them back out again. Like one of those garbled pictures that I keep sending to Jay. Um, the cinematography is abysmal. I mean, it's trying <laughs> to do scary things and showing people in three-quarter shots, and it's just done in the most pedestrian way. Um, that's just all, all bad. Yeah. Um, there's, there's Morbius actually, like, when he turns into a vampire, you see him turn into a vampire for the first time, and he kills one of those guards on the ship. Did you notice the very, very subtle way they suddenly, as soon as he turns into a vampire, the red light glared behind him. Oh, because he's, yeah, as soon as he turns to vampire, it's all about red and blood. Yeah, we get it. Great. Very, <laughs> very subtle. Show, don't tell. Excellent filmmaking, guys. I'm still, a, I, I still can't get over the fact that the, the, the acting from the young boy who then becomes Matt Smith, the, the English boy at the beginning was terrible. It was like watching a school play. I was embarrassed for him and everyone in it. And um, I still can't get, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, his character is called Lucian. And then Morbius's character keeps calling him Milo. You're Milo. You're the third Milo. I don't even remember the first Milo. And you're just called Milo. And then he's just called Milo for the rest of the film. Just utter, utter steaming nonsense. Again, what was the purpose of that, that thing with the name? supposed to be was that something i was supposed to pick up from because i've read more than one comic book in my life you know i'm assuming it must have been you know reference to a character that he was based on or something but it wasn't it wasn't really clear and i mean that whole scene with the kids i did make a note about that actually so they are in beds like he's just into this hospital they're, they're not not together in bed no not together they have two separate beds correct um, they are they are talking, and as you pointed out, Morbius is just basically saying, "I'm not going to call you by your name. You're now going to be Milo, like the other Milos that were there before." But as they as they're talking about you know their condition and everything like that, it then cuts to them looking out of a window at some school kids. But then <laughs> immediately it cuts back to them in in their beds, still talking to each other. And I'm like, well, "Hang on a second, like." Normally, if you're going to do like some kind of like transposing or something like that, you know, there'll be some different dialogue or they'll be sat in the window talking about something and then it would cut back to a previous scene. But no, the scene just carried on, but they just weren't in their beds anymore. And I'm like, what? What? How, how has this even come about? Like that, I could not make head nor tail what was going on. 
I'm laughing because I'm just remembering how how funnily stupid some of these scenes were. <laughs> um, the yeah, every now and again, like the soundtrack, every now and again they'll have like some famous like pop or rock song, but it has no sort of relevance to what's going on. Like one one scene, Morbius is walking from one room of his mansion, I think, to another, and they're playing, I think, the Jam or something. It's got no red. called Malice because we talked about it about ten minutes ago. The, the fact that town called Malice song, and then I thought I was going mad, and someone else was playing it in the house because it just popped up in this film. Right. Okay. But but it doesn't. It had no meaning to the scene, did it? It wasn't like moving the story forward. Nobody had just said, "Let's listen to the jam." Uh, you know. You know when you have like you watch films like an American Werewolf in London, and they have Bad Moon Rising by Credence Clearwater Revival. You know, it's, it's a jokey little pun, isn't it, on what you're watching? But uh, just just utter dross. They used that because they're like, what would a British person listen to? Oh, they'd listen to a British band. From the late 70s to early 80s. Like, yeah, but they don't, it doesn't matter what we whatever we can license, basically. What's what what can we license cheapest? It, oh, it's either the jam or it's take that, guys. You'll have to choose one. <laughs> Which also um I know we're not talking about that film, and you probably wouldn't talk about it on on uh, this podcast anyway. But I actually watched um, on Disney Plus the the new Predator spin-off called Prey, and was quite disappointed that that take that song didn't make the soundtrack. So <laughs> that's just a spoiler for anyone wanting to watch that film. Don't don't oh, expect. Well. Oh, you've been waiting that. to throw that into a conversation, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and and uh, no MC Hammer either. So, you know. okay. Yeah. And that's too niche there. Too niche. Yeah. Nobody remembers yeah. that one. The yeah. new Predator series with the soundtrack by Take That. Yeah. <laughs> and I would usually at this point ask if this is worth recommending or that anybody see it and I can clearly read the room that this is getting three solid no's and I think we are giving this far too much oxygen <laughs> all well, than it deserves this film. I, I just so want yeah. to say why. Um, I think it's it's not one of those good ones where it's shit but entertaining. It is. It just should have been so much better. It just feels like an a wasted opportunity, and b like they were just couldn't be bothered, and it was. It's just a waste of everyone's time. I think for me, the the biggest problem with what Sony are doing with these films is it's basically right. What do we have access to? What are we legally allowed to make films about? And they're like, um, well, have you ever heard of Craven the Hunter? Well, you can make a film about him, or you can make a film about Morbius. And you're like, oh, really? That's what we're left with? But if they don't make these Spider-Man films, you know, or these Spider-World films, then they're probably thinking, oh, we're not making money by not using these licenses. So they, they're just churning out this shit. And nobody, nobody growing up, when I was reading comics, watching, like, cartoons about superheroes, no one was thinking, I really wish Morbius had his own spin-off film. He was just a villain in a few episodes of a Spider-Man cartoon. No one wants that. No one wanted Craven the Hunter, the live-action film. And yet, that is what Sony is going to be giving us. Look, I think we've given that more than enough fair shakes. 
um, Morbius doesn't deserves now to be put to eternal sleep. Um, but if you disagree with us or you want to get in touch, please, please do get in touch on Twitter at We Watch Bad Films or find us on Instagram at We Watch Bad Films. If you like what we do, you can always sling us a coffee. Coffee, if it's right to say that. Um, you can find all the details on all the links below, and that helps us buy more rentals so we can buy more rubbish that isn't on Disney Plus like this. Um, Nick, thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, so it's been a pleasure. Um, at least we could laugh together at how bad this film was. Is there anything <laughs> out there in the wider world you want to plug? Tell the people what you've got going on. Yeah, I, I do a podcast where I review films as I walk to the cinema called Walking Movies. You can go and listen to that. Um, or if you like uh, Disney theme park content, I've got a series of podcasts that start with that and a theme park name and podcast in the title. So search your podcast app of choice and I'm sure you'll find them. I'm sure I can pop a link down below. Jay, I don't care if you've got something to plug. You're going to go now. Thanks for joining us this week. <laughs> OK, thank you very much, everybody. Cheers. Oh, don't go and watch Morbius. Goodbye. What's more, you can stop gloating and ask yourselves if it were me, how in the underworld would I get out of this one?